1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Jonah disagreed with what God said, and so Jonah disobeyed God. He thought he knew better than God, and so he disobeyed the command of the Lord. And some people disagree with God's Word. I don't agree with what the Bible says. I don't agree with what the Bible says about that. I don't think that applies to me. I don't think that applies to my situation. And they think they know better than God, and so they disobey God's command. Jonah is the only prophet in the Bible who refused God's commission.
1: Jonah is primarily known for spending three days in the belly of a fish. But what Pastor Dan wants you to remember is what happens when you go against God's will. Jonah was the only prophet in the Bible to go against God's call. And then he ended up in the belly of a fish. What's going to happen when you go against the Lord? You probably won't be swallowed up but you will face consequences. The truth is, you don't know better than God. You can't pick and choose what to believe in the Bible. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: God says in verse two, their wickedness has come up before me. And God called Jonah, who was living in the Galilee to arise, go to Nineveh and cry out against them. And the Hebrew indicates here that God says this with a sense of urgency and immediacy. The Hebrew also indicates that God's judgment is impending. Their sin has come up before God and God will judge them soon. And so Jonah needs to go immediately to warn them before God's judgment comes down upon them. Now, this really shows God's heart for sinners. The Bible says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And he is not willing that any would perish in their sins, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. And he wants to save even people as wicked As the Assyrians and in Jonah's day, there was no greater example of wickedness and evil in the world than the Assyrians. And yet God wants to extend forgiveness and salvation even to them. There's an urgency here on God's part. God's desires that all people would turn from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. And it doesn't matter how evil or wicked a person may be. The blood of Jesus Christ can blot out all of their sins. All of them. Even the worst people you can think of. God wants to save them. Now look at Jonah's response in verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish From the presence of the Lord. Jonah arose as the Lord asked. But he arose and fled to Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord. And here again in the Hebrew. The urgency with which God commanded Jonah to arise and go to Nineveh. Is matched by Jonah's urgency to flee. He immediately arose and fled to Tarshish. So here you have Joppa in the land of Israel. Nineveh is 550 miles to the northeast of Joppa. Jonah gets on a ship in Joppa and he heads to Tarshish. 2,500 miles away. Jonah got on a ship going the opposite direction. He is going away from Nineveh geographically. Again, Tarshish was 2,500 miles away As you can see, it's on the Atlantic side of Spain. It's not on the Mediterranean side of Spain. It's on the Atlantic side of Spain. And the reason Jonah chose Tarshish is because it was the farthest west Jonah could go. You can't go farther than Tarshish. After that is the Atlantic Ocean. So for Jonah in his day, that's the end of the world out there in Tarshish. Jonah intends to go as far from what God has called him to do as he possibly can. And in Jonah's mind, I'm going to put as many miles between me and Nineveh because there is no way I'm going to Nineveh to warn the Assyrians that judgment is coming and that they need to repent in light of the urgency of God's command in verse two and that judgment will come soon on Nineveh. It's possible that Jonah was hoping that he could get so far away from Nineveh that it would be impossible for him to make it back in time to warn the city before God's judgment comes. And Jonah figured, I'll just go to Tarshish and run out the clock. And I won't be able to return back in time before the judgment comes. I'll just be too far away to get back. And why does Jonah flee to Tarshish? I want you to know this and I want you to understand this. It was not really because of the wickedness of the Assyrians. It was because of the grace of God. It was because of the grace of God. If you turn over to chapter 4, look at verse 1. So, spoiler alert here. He's going to end up going to Nineveh. He's going to preach to the city. The whole city's going to repent. And look at chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he became angry. Whole city has repented. On one hand, Jonah's the most successful prophet in the whole Bible. The whole city repented. Verse 1, Jonah's angry. And so he prayed to the Lord and he said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know... That you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant and loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. He's angry about the grace of God. He's angry about the grace of God. Jonah knew when God first called him to go to Nineveh, Jonah knew that God was gracious enough to even forgive the Assyrians if they repented. And Jonah was angry because God is so gracious. And in Jonah's opinion, God is wrong to forgive the Assyrians. They don't deserve forgiveness in his opinion. Self-righteous people get upset at God's grace. Self-righteous people get upset at God's grace. Think about the religious leaders in the Gospels. They were upset that Jesus would eat with sinners and tax collectors. Or that a, a sinful woman would... Wash his feet with her tears in her hair. And what do the religious leaders say in their heart? If he knew what kind of woman was touching him. Self-righteous people do not like the grace of God. They don't like when God extends grace to people that, in their opinion, don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve to be reconciled to God. Because they're just too sinful. Uh, Very, very early on in the church, in the first year or two of the church, I remember as we're going through the New Testament, teaching on the grace of God. And I received several emails from people in the church that thought I was way off. And they left the church. Uh, It was probably the most emails I have ever received until 2020, when we had the whole pandemic thing. And then, you know, everybody wants to tell me their opinion of what we're doing wrong and that kind of, you know. But up until then, the grace of God is what ticked off people more than anything else. I remember calling Bob. I told I think I I've taught something wrong. And he said, why? And I said, well, I taught on grace. And there's, I got all these angry emails. And he laughed and said, well, you probably taught it right. You just have self-righteous people in your church. I said, oh, really? Self-righteous people don't like grace. And, and here, Joan is self-righteous. And in his opinion, God is wrong to offer salvation and forgiveness to people like the Assyrians. They don't deserve that opportunity. And what Jonah didn't realize and what self-righteous people don't realize is they are in need of God's grace as much as anyone else. They're no better than the worst sinner. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. He's not grading on a curve. None of us are righteous enough for God. We all fall short, the Bible says. The Bible says we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. You can't be more dead than someone else. Dead is dead. We're all dead. We all deserve God's judgment. We all deserve hell. And Jonah disagreed with God, and so Jonah disobeyed God. And I want you to catch this. Jonah disagreed with what God said, and so Jonah disobeyed God. He thought he knew better than God, and so he disobeyed the command of the Lord. And some people disagree with God's word. I don't agree with what the Bible says. I don't agree with what the Bible says about that. I don't think that applies to me. I don't think that applies to my situation. And they think they know better than God. And so they disobey God's commands. Jonah is the only prophet in the Bible who refused God's commission. And Jonah teaches us many lessons about walking in disobedience to God. And walking in open rebellion to his word. Important lessons that we want to take note of as we work our way through this chapter. First of all, the first lesson here, look at verse 3. It says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Of the Lord, notice in verse three, Jonah went down to Joppa. Then he went down into the ship down in verse five. He went down into the lowest part of the ship over in chapter two, verse six. He goes down to the bottom of the sea. Jonah goes down, 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 down. Disobedience to the Lord always leads down in life. Never is going to take you up. Always going to take you down. It takes you down away from the Lord. No matter how a person may rationalize their actions, disobedience always leads you downward, away from God.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app.
2: We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com.
1: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
2: Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Listen, God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. If I disobey God and defy His will, I'm moving away from what is good, acceptable, and perfect for me. And I'm exchanging it for what is less than good and acceptable. And perfect. Jonah went down to the port city of Joppa. There on the Mediterranean Sea. Flee from God's calling on his life. Now, he travels from Gath Hefer, as I said earlier, where Jonah lived, to Joppa. Listen, that's a 70-mile trip. It's a 70-mile trip on foot. This is not just some impulsive decision. And Jonah has a lot of time on his walk to Joppa to change his mind. and To turn back. And obey the Lord. But he doesn't. So he goes to Joppa and he finds a ship. And he heads out to sea. Now if you're taking notes. In the New Testament. Acts chapter 10. Remember Peter was in the city of Joppa. When God called Peter. To go to the Roman centurion's house. A Gentile. And preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. To that Roman centurion. Paul was called to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to Gentiles from the city of Joppa, the same city, to a Roman officer. The Romans were the Assyrians of the New Testament times. And remember, what was Peter's real name? Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, the son of Jonah. Simon, the son of Jonah, gets this call while he's in Joppa to go proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to Gentile Romans. And Peter doesn't get in a boat and flee. He obeys the Lord. And the gospel is opened to Gentiles. Praise the Lord for that, because probably most of us here are Gentiles. So when Jonah arrives in Joppa, look what it says. He he, he found a ship going to Tarshish. Now, because the distance to Tarshish was so great, there were actually special ships used on the Mediterranean Sea to make that long Journey. It's the the longest journey you could make on the Mediterranean Sea. Often in the Old Testament, you see the phrase the ships of Tarshish. That's referring to a special kind of of ship with a special design to make those long journeys on the open sea all the way to, to Spain. Those ships were known for their large size, for their strong construction. They weren't just ordinary ships. And so when Jonah arrives here in Joppa, he found one of those ships. Heading to Tarshish, the word found, if you're taking notes in verse three, it means to happen upon or or to discover. Jonah goes down to Joppa to flee from God's call. And he happens upon a ship that's heading as far away as you could possibly go. And he says, what luck. There's a ship heading for Tarshish, right? And it's leaving right now. What are the odds? Now, here's another lesson that we learn about disobedience. And don't miss it. Sometimes a person walking in disobedience to the Lord will mistakenly think favorable circumstances are a confirmation that what they're doing is okay. There's so many Christians that think that way. You can tell them that what you're doing is disobedient to God's word, and they'll say, Yeah, yeah, but this happened, and then that happened. And all these things just fell into place. How do you explain that? There's a ship heading to Tarshish. Obviously, God wants me to go to Tarshish, right? He had a ship there waiting for me. That's got to be the Lord. Or, hey, this is disobedient to God's word. Yeah, but every single door opened. Or, hey, this is disobedient to the Lord. Well, Well, yeah, but all these things came together. How do you explain all these things coming together? It can only be the Lord. Only God could bring all these things together. It clearly must be God's will for me because he made all these things happen. Favorable circumstances are not a confirmation. Favorable circumstances are not a confirmation that what you're doing is okay and acceptable to God. Listen. Give me your attention. No amount of favorable circumstances or open doors or confirmations or coincidences change disobedience to obedience. It doesn't override disobedience. And Satan can always open a door. Satan can also give you favorable circumstances. Satan can also have a ship waiting for you there in the port of Joppa, heading to Tarshish, so he can just take you farther away from God's will for your life. We do not determine God's will for us by our circumstances or by coincidences that happen. We determine God's will by his word. What does his word say? Are you walking in obedience to his word? If not, it's not God's will. I don't care how many coincidences happen. It's not God's will for you. If it's disobedient to his word. Now look at verse three again. It says Jonah paid the fare. Now, this is not a passenger ship. It's a cargo ship. He's not buying a ticket on a carnival cruise liner here. And listen, the Hebrew here indicates he hired the ship. He's not just buying a room. He hired the ship to take him to Tarshish. You know, he rented out the entire ship. I'll pay you to take me to Tarshish. And he hired the ship. He paid an exorbitant fee to get away from the call of God. And, and listen, listen, you have to think through this here. There's no credit cards in those days, which means Jonah, when he left home, he left home with a whole bunch of money. And he heads down to Joppa, 70 miles away, looking for a ship. This is, this is all premeditated. This was Jonah's plan when he left home. And he paid a high price, literally, to disobey the Lord. And people willingly pay a high price to disobey the Lord. Maybe not a financial price, but it'll cost them. They'll pay a high price in other ways. Look at verse 4. So the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. <laughs> and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now, when it says the Lord sent out a great wind, that word sent there, it can mean to hurl or to throw. So, okay, so here's Jonah. He's not going to obey me. So I'm just going to throw a windstorm his way. And God throws a windstorm at Jonah. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. And I hope you know that God loves us so much that he will not just let us backslide into rebellion. He will throw things at us to slow us down and to hinder our rebellion out of his love for us. And aren't you glad for that? Again, it says this ship was about to break apart. This, this is one of those big ships, the strongest ship on the Mediterranean Sea, and it's about to break apart. And look what it says next. The mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God. You know the situation is bad when the mariners are afraid in this storm. It's one thing if you as a passenger are freaking out, but when the guys, that this is their livelihood, they're freaking out and they're praying, things are bad then it says, and they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to try to lighten the load. Another thing we see here about disobedience is that Jonah's disobedience to God jeopardized the lives of the crew members of this ship. Disobedience to God doesn't just affect you. It doesn't just affect you. It affects other people as well. It always hurts others around you. Disobedience will hurt your marriage, it'll hurt your family, it'll hurt your friends, it'll hurt your church community, it'll hurt God's reputation. Sin and disobedience always hurts others. Most people don't stop to consider what impact their sin will have on those around them, those they love, and those they care for, how it will affect them. Jonah didn't consider how his disobedience... Would impact the mariners on this ship. Verse 5 says. That Jonah. Had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship. And laid down. And he was fast asleep. And the word fast asleep here. It, it means heavy sleep. <laughs> Again we're reminded of the story of Jesus in the boat right. Where he falls asleep on, on the boat. Jonah was in rebellion against God. And he had no problem sleeping. He's fast asleep in this boat. Again, another lesson we learn about disobedience from the story of Jonah and from his experience. You know, often when a Christian who is rebelling against God's word, when they are confronted about their rebellion, they will say, But I have a peace about it. But I have a peace about it. As if that somehow trumps God's word, that you have a peace. And your disobedience. Uh, often people will say this when it comes to uh, relationships. And I know the Bible says I shouldn't date an unbeliever. But I have a peace about it. Or I know I don't have biblical grounds for divorce. But God's just given me a peace about it. I know we're not supposed to be living together. But I have a peace about it. We're married in God's eyes. He's given me a peace in my heart what they have done is they have convinced themselves that because they have a peace about their sin and a peace about their compromise and a peace about their rebellion against God, it is therefore okay. Peace means nothing if you are disobeying God. He asked me how I
1: Been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan's been teaching through the book of Jonah, found in the Old Testament among the minor prophets. Jonah's tale is well known, mainly for the big fish that swallowed him, but there's plenty of additional lessons to learn from this man and his story. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Dan continues to share from this book. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you're in the Columbia, Maryland area, come see us. We'd be honored to have you join us for worship, fellowship, and time studying God's Word. When you visit, be sure to let us know you've been listening to Ring of Truth. We are currently meeting on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Or join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for a midweek time to reconnect and study the Bible together. You can find our location and more information about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, on our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not in the area, you can watch online. You'll also find more teachings from this series and others Pastor Dan has shared on our site. And you can find a link to connect through Facebook. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. We've come to the end of our time for today, but we encourage you to continue reading through the book of Jonah. And then join us again next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
0: recognize